Hi, my name is Elias Vigil. You are now listening to Under the Covers, the true crime slash scary story podcast that covers true murders in my home state of Colorado, as well as other spooky tales written by yours truly. Okay, so we are live. Um, my name is Elias Vigil, and welcome to, I was about to say, Mile High Murder. <laughs> no, welcome to Under the Covers, a true crime and scary story podcast featuring Kiana. Kiana, say hi. Hi. I'm like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do this alone. I'm too scared. It's all dark in here right now. Um, so I have entertainment time for you because I know you're a true horror geek, right? Or not true horror, true crime geek, right? Okay. Well, I have a story for you. It comes out of our home state. So a little backstory just behind us. I'll make it quick. Uh, We both live in Colorado. uh, So it intrigues us when we hear of gruesome and horrifying things that take place in our little old home state. Um. So, the case that I have for you, Kiana, today is the murder of Lee Porter out of Westminster, Colorado. And so, for those of you that do not know, Westminster is a suburb of Denver, Colorado. It's about an hour north of where we live. So, I will just hop right into it. Uh, First off, I'll give a description of Lee Porter. Uh, my sources come from the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, uh, CBS Denver Channel 4, and the Pueblo Chieftain. So, a description of Lee Porter. Her full name is Lee Chally Porter. Uh, she is five foot five, weighs 105 pounds. Uh, identifying marks on her, she has a tribal tattoo on her right hand. She has a tattoo of Italian words on her upper back, and she has a piercing on her lower lip. Uh, She was last seen in the city of Westminster, Colorado. Uh, Her date of birth is December 28th, 1994. Oh, did you hear kind of that? um, Or I don't hear it anymore. Never mind. Okay. um, She was 19 when she was last seen. She's a Caucasian female. She has brown eyes and brown hair. So that's just kind of a description of her, if you have any information. And we will just kind of get into the story. Are you ready? Yeah, what's her name again? Lee Porter, L-E-A, and then Porter. I see. Okay. Okay. Write down the middle name so I don't forget. Uh, the middle name? Oh, yes, the middle name. Uh, Chally, C-H-A-L-I. Chally. Yeah. Okay, so Lee Porter was a 19-year-old. She was born in Cotopaxi, Colorado. Do you know where Cotopaxi is? No. So Cotopaxi is a very, very small town uh, on Highway 50 in between Salida and Canyon City. Remember when we went snowboarding, that gas station that we stopped at uh, with that family? Yeah. That, That was Cotopaxi. Yeah, so she was from there, a very small town. I think the population is under 50. Um, 
She was described as, quote, a feisty and adventurous girl, end quote. Uh, she was very, very loved by many people, uh, not just within her family and friend group, but also within the community. She graduated from Florence High School in, I think, 2013. And after she graduated high school, she went down to Trinidad uh, to learn how to be a massage therapist at Trinidad Junior, Junior College. And while she was at Trinidad, she met a 38-year-old guy whose name was Jesse McSwirley, but he went by the name of Jesse Mine when they met. Uh, they began dating, and it started well, but eventually he became that jealous and controlling boyfriend that oh, we know too well. <laughs> I, I hate people like that. I hate people who just think that, oh, we're dating, you're mine. Um, but around Christmas time of that year, she dropped out of college to go live with him. And around this time, after she started living with him, her brother Max Porter uh, ended up moving to the West Coast. Uh, and she became very, very depressed because you could ask anybody that knew her personally. Her and her brother Max were like two peas in a pod. They were close. They were, they were just like the ultimate siblings. Like they were very close, very loving. Um, so yeah, it saddened her deeply when he moved to the West Coast. And around this time as well, Jesse then gets Lee addicted to heroin. Uh, so yeah, he's a wonderful guy. Um, lovely. lovely. Leading her down the wrong path. Just, you know, she's a very smart girl, but after she met this guy, she just started going down the wrong path. And then all of a sudden, like the wonderful guy he is, Jesse decides that, you know, he's going to, he's going to get sober. He's going to go to rehab and live with his family on the East coast, literally just abandoning her, like saying, okay, well, I'm going to get sober now. So bye. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. He basically pulled her in and then left her. I know. Like what a, what a bitch. Um, <laughs> so hitting rock bottom she posts on social media asking for help. Like, you know, I'm, I'm about to be homeless. Like, I, I need help. Uh, that's when an old friend who's named Christopher Wade responds to her saying that she can stay with him in his apartment complex in Westminster. And on June 2nd, 2014, Lee drives all the way from Trinidad to Denver to go and move in with him. And after she leaves, she's never seen again. And officially on June 3rd, 2014, she is reported missing by family and friends. And convinced that she is not a runaway, her family realizes soon that something terrible must have happened. Because, you know, she's not that type of person to run away. Uh, yeah. yeah, like police will say, like, you know, 90% of the time, like, if a person's reported missing, they're probably a runaway. But her family's like, nope, not her. She's she she's a loving person she she loves her family she loves her friends like she would have no reason to run away so after looking into her the westminster police department gets a warrant to search uh wade's apartment since he was the person that she would have been around the last time that she was seen uh because he's the reason she drove to denver and they find out after looking into him that wade isn't the most normal person 
like that that you would stumble upon um old classmates would recall that he was very creepy and it says here that that's actually what they called him creepy <laughs> um he would talk about his desire to hurt and sometimes even kill certain girls at his school who wronged him so yeah creepy guy stay away from him uh after high school he enlisted in the military where he began to study martial arts, such as karate, uh, boxing. Um, but overall, he, he's just a creepy guy. So Lee's mom, Renee, ends up getting a hold of Chris after she found out that Lee drove all the way to Denver to live with him. And she actually calls him. She tells him that she was looking for her and that she's not seen or spoken to her in over a week. And he tells her that after she came over, she decided that she was not going to stay at the apartment. Like, she basically came over and after a while, she just said, like, you know, you know, I feel bad. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to stay here. And he says that she left in a hurry. And when she left, it seemed urgent. Like, she left, like, worried about something. Uh, Chris also tells Renee that, and this is how Renee finds out that she was addicted to heroin because Chris ended up telling her, oh, by the way, your daughter's addicted to, to heroin. <laughs> um, he also tells her that he has no idea that she was missing. Um, Renee then calls Max and tells him that she spoke to Wade. And Max informs his mom that Wade is not the type of person to be trusted. Like, you know, uh, everything that you heard from him, why don't, you know, why don't you go talk with somebody else? Because he's probably lying. He's just that type of person to, you know, lie about something. Um, Wade is then interviewed by the Westminster Police Department. And he actually cooperates with them. He says that he will do whatever he can to help find Lee. He even starts posting on Facebook things like, you know, Lee, please come home. We all love you and we're worried about you. <laughs> like, come on, give me a break. Uh, he tells the police the same story that he told Renee, but he adds one thing. He includes that uh, when Lee left, she got into a white truck with a random man as she left the apartment. Like, okay, you couldn't tell that to her mom. Like, that seems like something very vital, very important that you should tell her. Um... I just lost my place. Just a second. Okay. He eventually allows the police to search his home. And when the police search his apartment, they find that it is absolutely freaking disgusting. Uh, it is so disgusting that one of the cops even said, quote, ain't no way that a girl was staying in that apartment. End quote. Like, that's how disgusting it was. It was thrashed. It was filthy. But inside the apartment, they discover a twin mattress on the floor without any sheets on it. And they also find a kitchen knife with bleach stains on the blade. Yeah. Like, I know what's going on. So after they, after they question him about it, uh, he tells them that he cut himself with the knife and cleaned and cleaned it off with bleach. Like, okay, yeah, you cut yourself with a knife, but that doesn't mean you clean it off with bleach. Like, that just makes you look sus. You gotta use <laughs> hydrogen peroxide. Oh God, I stung myself with hydrogen peroxide, and I, I'm not being an idiot when I say that. I was spraying the counter down, and I had a cut on my hand, and oh sweet Lord, have mercy. Hydrogen peroxide burns. 
Do you want to cut yourself and try to spray it? I sprayed my my wound on my knee the other day with it. It didn't burn. Oh, it killed the germs, but it didn't burn me. You're a different breed, honey. I screamed. <laughs> I'm built different. You're built different. Um. So he ends up telling the cops about how he read Lee's mind or whatever before she left because. You know, she started telling him everything that was going wrong in her life. Like, you know, I got addicted to heroin. My boyfriend abandoned me and moved to the East Coast. Like, you know, I'm about to be homeless. So, like, he just starts saying, like, I read her mind to see what was going on, to see if any bad karma. And, like, even the police are like, oh, my God, you know, shut up. <laughs> just stop talking. Um, he also shows the police messages between him and Lee, giving them an idea of their relationship. And they ask him, like, you know, were there were they ever seeing each other? And then he asks, were there any romantic feelings? And Wade replies with like, no, but after she came over, they did have sex at his apartment before she left. And he, he includes that while they were having sex, uh, she ended up having a nosebleed, getting blood on the sheets and explaining why there were no sheets on the mattress. Uh, they obviously do not believe the story. And the cops even admit, Quote, he is quite odd what kind of girl would have sex with him, end quote. <laughs> yeah, like, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> um, annoyed by the interview, Wade requests that he gets a lawyer stopping the investigation. Like, you know, they, they can't continue on now. Uh, that's when Lee's brother, Max, decides to fly back to Colorado. And he actually attempts to befriend Chris. Uh, to try to gain his trust, and he convinces Chris to meet him at a local park to do a tarot card reading to try and find out what happened to Lee. Uh, after they meet at the park, Max secretly records their conversation on his phone, and he starts asking Chris, like, you know, what happened to Lee? Like, you know, how did she go missing? And Wade then replies with, like, you know, I was telling the truth. Uh, we went out to eat and came back to my apartment, hung out for a while, played video games, then ended up having sex. And Max even calls Bull on that. Like, you know, come on, she would not have sex with you. And I'm confused at, like, why Chris would admit this to her brother of all people. Like, really think her brother wants to know that his sister just had sex with the creepiest guy on the planet? Um... And then Chris says that before she left, Lee asked him for money. And when he declined, she tried to stab him with a knife. And he says that in self-defense, he strangled her and accidentally stabbed her in the chest in the ensuing chaos. Accidentally. Accidentally, quote unquote. Um, and, he, you know, he, he, be, he got panicked. He didn't know what to do. And unbeknownst to Chris, uh, Jesse, the asshole boyfriend who um abandoned her to go back to the east coast uh he has also flown back to colorado and is in on the meeting with max he's actually like listening in on what's going on so yeah way to redeem yourself but like still maybe don't be a bitch um after trying to leave uh max starts to fight with him because you know max kind of realizes right there and then no like, everything that you just said is a lie. You are going to confess to the murder, and I, I'll make sure of it. So they start to fight, and Max ends up forcing Chris to call 911 and confess to the 
and he says, quote, I am calling to confess to the murder of Lee Porter. And he gets interviewed by the police again. And he tells them that Lee attacked him, but obviously nobody believes his story. Because, you know, he's like maybe 160 pounds. She's, let me see, what was her weight? She was only 105 pounds. So, like, how could... I know, like, if you're if you're going to get taken down by somebody that's much smaller than you, God, you're weak. <laughs> um, just... I know, or just, like, bitch slap them. Like, it's that easy. <laughs> um... I know. So he also says that he placed her body in a dumpster at his apartment complex. And the police begin a 40-day search of the Commerce City landfill uh, to try and find her. But they only managed to find a pillowcase containing her keys, her ID, and other belongings of hers. But they never find her body. Chris then tells the police that he didn't want to disrespect her body. So after she was dead, he redressed her before he dumped her body. But they catch him lying right there because all of her clothes uh, that she had on her were at the landfill. And after searching his apartment again, they find a bag filled with uh, her underwear and multiple photos of child pornography. Like just so that... that yeah, that would be an unrelated charge. So, yeah, great person. Because there was no body, uh, the prosecution couldn't necessarily get a first-degree murder charge. So, after the trial, they end up they end up getting a first-degree murder charge uh, through a hefty trial, uh, as well as sexual assault charges, tampering with evidence, and a few others as well as child pornography charges. But in 2015, he takes the plea deal and is charged only with second-degree murder. And he is sentenced to only 48 years in prison. But a former inmate who was friends with Wade while he was in prison tells the family that Wade told him, quote, he put Lee here, there, and about, end quote. That's mm. terrible. And to this day, uh, the body of Lee Porter has never been found. But officials, as well as her family, strongly believe that her body is somewhere in Fremont County, whether it be near Canyon City or Cotopaxi. But they believe that they will never find her due to just the vast wilderness around the area. I don't know if you remember driving through it the other day. Like, just remember, like, all the mountains around there? Yeah, like, they, they believe they'll never find her body just because it's too big. And this is from the Pueblo Chieftain. A killer is in prison, but the body of a Fremont County teenager has never been found. Um, three years after her daughter's brutal murder, a Canyon City mother is focused on finding her daughter's missing body that has become a... and has become a detective of sorts. So her mom basically just after she found out that her daughter was murdered she said like you know i want to leave colorado you know obviously like she doesn't want to stay here with that burden on her but she feels like if she leaves colorado she'll also be leaving she'll be she she feels like she'll abandon her daughter because she knows her daughter her daughter's body is somewhere here in colorado just she doesn't know where so she's 
turn into a detective herself to try and figure out, you know, what happened to my daughter, what happened to her body. Um, that's her main goal. That's her main end goal. Just, you know, finding her body and giving her a proper burial. Yeah. But in the end, her body has never been found. They strongly believe it's somewhere in Fremont County. But, um, and her killer, Christopher Wade, is serving a 48-year prison sentence right now, which I think is bull. He should be locked up for the rest of his days. But, hey, it's the world we live in, so... Yeah. Sad story, but what are your thoughts on it? Oh, sad. A what? Sad. I really don't know what else to say. I just it's messed up. Yeah. Um you know, cases like this often make me wonder, you know, like if they did dump their body like out in the middle of nowhere, like how is like I hope that the person is at peace, I guess is the best way to say. It. I hope they're not just wandering around that location where they were dumped. I hope that they're at peace and just, yeah. But yeah, that was the murder of Lee Porter. Uh, again, I will give her description if anybody has information. She is five foot five, weighs 105 pounds. Her identifying marks are she has a a tribal tattoo on her right hand. She has a tattoo of Italian words on her upper back. She has a piercing on her lower lip. She was last seen in the city of Westminster, Colorado. Uh, her date of birth is December 28th, 1994. She was 19 years old when she was last seen. She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and brown eyes. And if you have any information whatsoever, you could either call the Westminster Police Department or the Canyon City Police Department. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, Kiana. Yep. And, yep, we will see you later. Bye.